Hey, Real Nerds. There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6NERDS5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. This is Justin Neal with the Average Joe Geek Show. You're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. This is Real Nerds Podcast, selected by Denver Westward as one of the top ten nerdtastic podcasts in Denver. I'm Ryan. With me is... Uh, what are you people doing Jesus in my house? Christ. Brad. And... Corinne. I'm Zach, by the way. You had your chance. I, I do, and I failed, right? And every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie. We podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw Terminator, Dark Fate. Dun, 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 dun. You don't have to do that. I can actually put the music. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and it'll be cool. Oh. <laughs> you saying I don't sound as cool as Brad Fidel's music? So shut up. Okay. And see, then I leave a cut there for him to put in the music, mm-hmm. and it'll be awesome. Yeah. Welcome back, Zach. Yeah. Welcome back, Zach. Yeah. Thank you. you. Were Fuck gone? you. <laughs> oh. That's that's why our listeners went up a lot. Oh, yeah, you're, I, I did see the ratings. They spiked. <laughs> they did. You Watch them plummet like a like a nice hill that you could sled Just wait down. till the mid-season finale. We'll kill somebody <laughs> off. Wink, wink. An episode we recorded oh, be in me? terrible please, audio please, please. on a Zoom recorder was more popular. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I listened to it. It sounded fine. It sounded fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it wasn't how long was the battery going to last on that thing, though? It was about to die. That's why I was like. Oh, shit. Let's wrap this up. But it's supposed to last for a while, right? No. Huh. I mean, it's supposed to, but it never does. No. Oh, okay. So it's just it's like it reminds me a lot of a Walkman or a CD player that we used to have in high school. See, kids, before you guys were around, we used to have to carry our CDs. I know with, what a fucking CD player is. Dude, Ryan. I, had one, I had one. Don't mansplain <laughs> CD players to me. I'm not mansplaining. I'm old splaining. <laughs> Don't old splain then. <laughs> okay, boomer. <You> fart. <laughs> Easy, millennial. Hey. You don't have to get offended about everything we say. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I'll just play you Actually, your favorite I think you're song. Actually, you're a millennial. Right. Right. No, I am technically a millennial. Yeah. It sucks. They're ass. Gen Z. Technically, yeah. What's the it year depends range? on who you ask. Yeah, I think I, my mom refuses vary. to believe that I'm a millennial. It's like <laughs> it's like 1980 to almost present. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck, I'm a, a millennial. Fuck. Yeah, yeah you are one. I know. Zach? No, I said I said I am a millennial. <laughs> you're like you're the film school hipster guy. Where you're the I just love old movies. <laughs> And you were the guy in film school? Oh, great. Zach's going to talk to us about fucking radio and old movies. Hey, hey, excuse me. I don't and think... everyone else is like, hey, have you seen Chinatown? <laughs> no, yeah, fuck that. Have you ever heard about Jack Benny? That's why I'm not the film hipster. I'm the film mister. As in I miss the mark every time. Who's no. Jack Benny? You should have said film educator would have been film better. Film educator? Nah, I'm not an educator. <laughs> Nobody wants to learn from me. But... I will say though, you just reminded me. Uh, when I had a Walkman, I <laughs> there was t- three tapes I would play on it: either OTR, "Tunnel of Love" by Bruce Springsteen, or the Space Jam soundtrack. <laughs> I 
I had no other range beyond that. But now I want to try to dig it up and see if I can find those tapes now. What's OTR? Uh, old time radio. Oh. You wouldn't get it. You're not cool enough. <laughs> I don't think I've any, any, ever heard anything less cool than abbreviating old time radio. <laughs> what a millennial hipster thing to do. <laughs> Sorry, you wouldn't get it, OTR. Yeah. Like, um, you like, wouldn't get it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We call it uh, retro podcasting. I have people tell me all the time that they go, how do you watch those old movies? So what are you and talking about? Answer, my eyeballs, and, asshole. And, yeah. and the answer is happily. <laughs> the staging. That my wife just, she'll sit and we have a Papa's on chair and she'll sit down and she'll have her Kindle out and I'll put in, you know, something with Cary Grant. And she'll start so watching sexy. it, and she'll go, oh, he's cute, and then she'll fall asleep. <laughs> That's all she cares about. I'll, I'll never forget the first time. I don't know if it's the first time she ever saw him, but I was watching The Awful Truth um, with commentary, so, you know, really exciting. And she walks into the room, and she goes, oh, he's really attractive, and she just leaves. Those women always objectifying men. I know. You know what? He is acting his ass off in that. And all you can talk yeah. about is how... There's a smart man yeah. with a lot of talent. Guys, guys. Overlooked. Guys, guys, Why can't guys. I say he's handsome and talented? Because you're objectifying him. Guys, guys. He's more than just looks. Yeah, he's not a piece of ass. He, guys, he's a hunk of hunk of burning man. Let's just... Let's just accept that. <laughs> I'm not taking any criticism from the man who, anytime we say Emily Blunt, just like, ugh. Just I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Emily Wait, Blunt. Wait, I don't go, ugh. <laughs> I say, have I mentioned I like her? And then he jerks off. <laughs> hey, Ryan. That's why I rock in the chair really fast. It's hey, subtle. Hey, Ryan. Kate, Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. Ugh. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have the same feelings for Kate Blanchett as I do Emily Blunt. There's sometimes I think Kate Blanchett is gorgeous. And other times, I go, eh, she's all right. But she's a wonderful actress. Thor Ragnarok. I know Thor you. Ragnarok. I have a huge crush on her in yeah, Thor Ragnarok. I know. I don't know. Because maybe because she's like evil and she's like really cool in it. <laughs> it's, and she it kills Odin. It has nothing Odin. to do Spoilers. with the fact that she's wearing skin tight leather, no. right? No. Sultry think look. I think it's her, the costume design. I, I Actually, I think Hela is a really cool character design anyways. Um, I, I love old Thor comics because they're really ridiculous. And she's always in them. And her character design's always been that kind of cool. You know? Yeah. Sweet. Jack Kirby style. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, has somebody made a documentary about Jack Kirby that I can watch? I, I, I'd love sure. that. There might be, but I don't know. I don't, no. think, I don't think Solo. He's probably paired with Stan Lee. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, you know, that'd probably be... You know what, Zach? There's your freaking film idea. Why don't you make a documentary about Ooh. Jack Kirby? Just Jack Kirby. Yeah. Just Jack Kirby. Yeah. It'd be interesting. He's... No Stanley in the movie? No, Stan, you can't be in the movie this time. I mean, I, I would love a Salvasuma documentary, but, you know. Yeah. I'll get on it. I'll, I'll, do it. I'll, Netflix, give me a call. We got some ideas here. Let's work on it. And then you do really stupid establishing shots, and you're like, oh, my God, get to the documentary. I know you know what I'll do. I'll fill it with psychedelic imagery like that Cary Grant documentary. And just or just really... waves crashing on this beach. Why did I – like, when I watched uh, – uh, what was the freaking shitty Harry Harvey Weinstein one I watched? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's on Hulu. They did that, too, where, like, the story was really – like the story needs to be told. These women need to be heard. But then they would cut to like cityscapes, mm. and it'd be trains going. Oh my god! You could literally cut twenty minutes out of this movie if you didn't do these interstitials. Are they just shots of New York? Yeah. No, that's what their offices are. Maybe they're just trying to establish the mood of the city. I'm not an it, idiot, it, it Zach. I know why they're doing it, but it's yeah. unnecessary. <laughs> Wait, Harvey Weinstein's from New York? Huh? <laughs> Where's Bob Weinstein from? The cellar. <laughs> 
Fuck those guys. Yep, indeed. Amen. But anyway, we're not here about to talk about the Weinsteins. What do we talk about on this show? I already told you. We're talking about Terminator Dark Fate. But what else do we do? Don't try to fucking tell me how to run the show. I'm not telling this you. This is my show. Okay. My show. Ryan, go ahead and tell us what else we do. All right. Thank you, Corinne. <laughs> um, we also talk about movie news, Blu-rays are coming out, uh, what we've been watching, and segments where we go around town with Brad and his Excite bike in a segment we call Brad Brad around town. I'm still getting. I'm still Brad. Kind of, I'm, I'm still kind of sick. Um, after I was really sick last week, and I still did the show. The following day, I had a hundred and one degree fever, and I was trying to like oh, trick no. or treat. And I was like, "Oh my god, just give him fucking candy." You, you had a one hundred and one fever. Uh, one hundred one degree fever. So two degrees off, I've gotten a fever of a hundred and three. Mm-hmm. Hot blooded. Or three blooded. degrees off of ninety eight degrees. Yeah, which was an underrated boy band whoa, in the nineties. Underrated. Name four songs. That one in Mulan. <laughs> No, nope. so not underrated others. at all. <laughs> Already failed. <laughs> they are rated where they should be. <laughs> uh, I could. They were not bad. Brad, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I'm, you I, can I, be I, quiet. You can be I mean, it's, I'm not their target audience. <laughs> Clearly. Wait, wait. I think the Brad has fart. That, Brad has a theme. There's really one big thing this week, and you better talk about it. Uh, there's two big things, but the biggest one is Jean-Claude Van Damme's Damn Van is screened at the Bug Theater on Sunday, Woo. November 10th, 7 p.m. And I think you're saying something about shooting something, and with the person you're shooting it with, sounds like it's something special for this event. Nope. <laughs> no? Not for this uh, event. <laughs> oh, man. I wish, but no. Um, I'm going to do it right, and it's going to be awesome. Um, but no, just focus on getting your butts to the Bug Theater 7 p.m. November 10th. We're gonna watch Jean Claude Van Damme's Damn Van on their new big screen and their 5.1 surround sound system, and then all the bonus features that you can expect on the uh, well, most of the bonus features you can expect on the Blu-ray. So, Not bloopers my, and my audio, audio commentary tracks not gonna be on it, is it? No, it didn't make the cut. It was just me yelling "penis" out in the microphone for the last 40 minutes of that movie. So. Yeah, I cut that. Okay, and your penis okay. <laughs> off. <laughs> I was wondering why it felt a little smaller. Yeah. Smaller than usual. I mean. um, and it's free, so just bring yourselves. I, and then, um, I liked your poster you made it. for uh, Mayor Knob, <laughs> yeah. the Joker ripoff. That was good. Yeah. Uh, it's weird how well that character fits into that movie. Yeah. Which you need to get Mayor Knob on the actual steps now to do that actual photo. If you guys can ever get to New York. Oh, New York. Together, yeah. yeah. To the Bronx. Yeah. yeah. It's not like a requirement, but it's just like, if you do, there's gotta be something like similar here that I can just do. Uh, I don't know. Capital steps. I mean, that's what the photo is it. on. Hmm. Yeah. Green screen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well then I don't <laughs> know what other steps could be qualifying in Denver. Red rocks. This alleyway looks like the alleyway. Red right rocks. Outside. Yeah. I actually probably it's could. Red really rocks. They do have that movie. narrow. Yeah, that one side that, that goes on the west up. side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Anyway, um, but it still idea. needs to be kind of urban. <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, as you were mentioning earlier, we are shooting the trailer for that. Oh, nice. So it's just not going to be ready for Sunday. The trailer for what? Knob. Oh, ooh. Almost a shot-for-shot remake of the Joker trailer. <laughs> gotcha. That's awesome. Gotcha. Yeah, we did the mirror stuff today. It's pretty sweet. Nice. <laughs> and the dancing. Sweet. I had to play Goodbye Horses so that you could actually get into the groove of like <laughs> dancing. It's <was> hilarious. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Midnight at the Esquire this week is uh, Akira. 
Uh, November 8th and 9th. Will this be the weekend I finally see Akira? You ever seen Probably. Akira? No, wow. I haven't. I, I told you. I, I can't. I, I can't remember why I haven't watched it. It's just like one of those animes that everybody talks about. And I say, I'll put it on my list. And then I never go yeah. to watch it. I had to watch it a few times to get it. So The one it's I right. the one I want to watch is the one that you uh, Did like. Did you scroll? Yeah, but scroll. you've also told me that it's all kinds of. So that makes it awesome. I know. <laughs> yeah. Badass. Hardcore. Uh, looking ahead. Uh, November. <laughs> it is awesome, Corinne. You do not shake your head at Ninja Scroll. I've never seen it. I have no opinion. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Shaking my head at you guys. Why? Because we love Ninja Scroll and it's blood and guts. I don't care. November, you should November fifteenth and sixteenth is Easy Rider. Uh, November twenty second and twenty third, Lost Boys. Um, December sixth and seventh, there's a kind of a premiere of Tammy and the T Rex. Oh, because it's twenty fifth uh, anniversary. It's not Vestron. It's four uh, K restoration Vinegar syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. That's apparently been having some fun receptions at festivals. I'd like to see it's it. It's pretty zany. I tried to see it at Telluride, but it sold out really fast. Yeah. yeah it has Paul Walker in it. And apparently this is the cut that uh, they, they took a bunch of shit out initially, and so this is like the restored director's cut of it where there's like a whole there's a whole other plot line, I guess. I don't know. I've never seen it. We should just go, Ryan. Was it? We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> and then December 13th and 14th, Friday the 13th is screening. The original. The perfect christmas movie <laughs> it's fun i think oh, i think it's a friday 13th in december so yeah oh yeah it's, yeah i just said that december 13th <laughs> i want i want to go to that movie again like i've never seen it on a big screen you've never seen the first friday 13th on a big screen no wow they show it all the time i feel like that's all i've seen on the big screen for the friday 13th movies besides um jason goes to hell jason x and freddy versus jason I, and the remake i saw on the big screen the remake, when they opened yeah the remake's the only one i've seen in the theater you know how hard it was to convince my mom to take me to see <laughs> jason goes to hell probably when i was di- 12 probably difficult like it's probably the same argument that i had with my dad about like look you should just let me go see the matrix reloaded i, I swear to god it, it'd be totally worth mm, it i think the matrix reloaded is easier to get past parents and jason goes to hell you'd be surprised my folks were a little bit more guarded but mm. um but you know it's funny though like two years before he had taken me to gladiator or not what of them pg-13 isn't the matrix reloaded pg-13 nope they're both are they yeah, really? are. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but mm-hmm. uh he took me to gladiator like the year the the month after it won the oscar at the imax so but that's yeah. just gladiator yeah, violence it's violent yeah i don't think there's any boobage in there i don't remember i haven't seen it in so long i don't think so Everybody talks about it, and now we're not talking about it anymore. Yeah. Anyway, Brad, thank you for telling us what was around town. Hey, no problem. Also, Princess Mononoke is coming up in the Ghibli Fest Ooh. here in a week and a half or so. It's like it's September like, 17th, 18th, something like that. Like Very the third nice. Ghibli Fest of this year? Yeah. Wow. It's well, they, continuing. I, I, I think they broke it up. Well, I feel like, so like Regal had one, then like think, Alamo had one, I think. This is at Regal. Yeah. I think maybe AMC has the first one I was talking about. I feel like they're doing like one movie per month. Yeah. Because they just had Spirited Away. And not to add to that, but I think Film for All Seasons or something of that nature is doing Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. But I think it's that the mine or the charities. I can't remember which one, but. I'd like to see the sting on the big screen. That'd be sweet. Just to, even just to hear that music in a nice theater. So how does a black cat get on the field at a New York Giants game? <laughs> I don't know. With this? magical powers? No, I can Duh. see it. <laughs> Scooting all over your screen. I'm going to show your wife, wife this. <laughs> My wife. Meow. Go on, kitty. Like, it had to be like someone's like therapy cat, right? 
like jumped out. And or it's a feral cat that's living in the stadium off hot dogs and still popcorn. <laughs> or, or the most likely scenario, guys, witches at the football game. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I mean. Film I... fun fact, you know, the original name of Evil Dead. Was it called The Witch? <laughs> no, it's called These Witches Are Bitches. True story. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Sam Raimi's so clever. Totally. You know who can beat me in Evil Dead trivia? Nobody. And I have the stuff to prove it. Right, Brad? Yep. I watched the Bubba Hotep DVD <laughs> <laughs> just last week. Uh, I, I've been thinking about it. Did, did you watch the Evil Dead 4K restoration? I did. Oh. I, did talk, I did talk about them. The, the, with the new score and everything? Oh, no, not the new score. I just uh, okay. watched the Ultra HD. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. I want to hear that new score. Yep. Cool. So that's yep. what's going on around yep. town. Did I say that already? Yep. Movie news, Zach. Better be good. It's real news. Uh, and we'll start with uh, Robert Evans died. Um, he was the he was big, that was last week. <laughs> yeah, but it, you guys didn't talk about it. That so is true. About it. Um, very and, important for giving Roman Polanski films. Um, amongst other people, uh, he was a Paramount Studio chief for eight years. He was also an actor prior in uh, radio, television, and movies, and kind of ran the gamut. Um, you might know him more today from. The Kid Stays in the Picture memoir that he wrote, which was also a documentary. You'd also probably know him from the Patton Oswalt bits yep. Yep. <laughs> about Robert Evans, which are wonderful. Um, but, you know, I mean, and I know that uh, not all the films that he produced under his tenure at Paramount are, like, the the most favorite things today. But, like, The Godfather, Chinatown, like, if you say what you will, they are, you know, established oh, no, classics I mean, in um, the thing. Um, the films are fine, just the director's a piece of shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, but uh, one of the things he did was Love Story, which is, yeah. it's a very, I don't, I don't like it, but I get why people consider it a classic. That's Does that right. make sense? It's kind of like how you feel, feel with The Godfather, where it's just like, I, I get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and also just, uh, <laughs> I didn't realize this, apparently he had some nonsense with the uh, the production of The Cotton Club. <laughs> Because um, I don't remember that being part of the kid stays in the picture, but um, he is the, the epitome of a producer. Oh yeah, slicked back hair, really tan, and, total asshole. Uh, and it's amazing how uh, his death has been discussed this week in relation to the stuff that's happened with Weinstein over the past couple of years, and just like, well, why weren't we talking about this? You know. Uh, but anyway, um, I mean, uh, eighty nine, he'll be missed. Um, by his seven wives. Yes, by his seven wives. Robert Evans and the seven wives. Being married seven times. No. God damn. I can't. Seven imagine. wives for one brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to more positive news. Uh, Ryan, um, I know you guys didn't talk about this last week, and I'm glad you didn't because then you and I could talk about it. HBO Max is going to be curating TCM movies. Yep. And that's going to be awesome. So maybe this is a chance for us to see Susie. Yep. Uh, and then, Wait, so you eulogize Robert Evans, but you won't eulogize uh, John Witherspoon? Wait. John Witherspoon died? Is that his name? Yeah, Witherspoon, right, yeah. Oh, shoot, really? You didn't know? No, I've been gone for a week. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not know? It's your day off. <laughs> <laughs> I had one job to do. Um, oh, wow, John Witherspoon. Um, give yeah. me a week and I'll come up with a better eulogy. <laughs> Very funny he man. Fri- he was on Friday and yep. fucking um and fucking in, in Living Color. Boondocks. So yeah, Boondocks. Yeah, shit. 
God damn it. I miss you, John Witherspoon. I'm sorry I didn't know you, Dad. Um, <laughs> Guess you don't miss him that much. I, oh, I feel <laughs> You had like to be I... told two weeks later by Brad. Uh, thanks, Brad, for reminding me how much I skipped my mind. Um, can I move on to something positive now? <laughs> uh, Ryan, you posted this on my wall, though. This is why I do remember this. Uh, we got our first look at Halloween Kills. Uh, I saw some Tommy Doyle in that yep. trailer. Let me give a little hint what happens with Michael. You see him coming out of the burning house. Yeah, which I was just like, oh, I guess he found a way out. <laughs> which makes me wonder, is the mask going to be different Life then? finds a way. That's Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm saying. Like, Isn't there a way. shot in the other movie where he, like, he's not in the room anymore because he, he is, obviously got out? Yeah, it, there's a shot where he isn't, but like he could be in a corner somewhere. That's what my estimation <laughs> He's hiding was. in the corner? Yeah. Flames can't get me here. <laughs> <laughs> This mask will protect me. Yeah. <laughs> Sam hate magic. Um, uh, but it also... Sleep or closer to God. It, it looks like in that one shot, though, that the mask might be burning or like something's engulfed in it. But then mm. the other part of the mask looks clean. So I'm wondering if we're going to get a mask switch at some point. Um, it just melts, melts it to his, his face. face. Yeah. See? Oh, Brad and I should be in Hollywood. That would be cool. Um, and then she like grabs him when he's writing, and she pulls it, and his face gets ripped off. Oh, and there's just bone underneath. And, yeah, I, and, I re- and I think I reported this not too long ago, but I reminded myself that Charles Cyphers is still alive because he's going to be in this movie. And I'm like, Charles Cyphers is still fucking alive? Because um, he always. He... That's what I said about Robert Evans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, let's see. Uh, we got a Star Wars trailer last week, but you guys already talked about that. What we didn't talk about, did you talk about that Binoff and Weiss's Star Wars trilogy is no longer happening? Mm, kind of. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but apparently they said it was going to explore Origins of the Jedi. So, um, And then they're like, wow, they really messed up Game of Thrones. We don't want them anymore. <laughs> apparently um, it was, uh, th- they actually decided to leave. Hmm. That they felt like they were, they didn't want to like half-ass two things. So, because I guess they have some deal with Netflix. Yeah, as they well. got paid two hundred. That's paying more. Yeah, two hundred fifty <laughs> yeah. million dollars. So to, they're going to gonna focus on whatever their Netflix Make, par- projects whatever are. Whatever they want, I guess. Mm, the Ryan Frost story. It'd be a very short one. Yeah. Two hundred fifty million dollars. After yeah. they fucked up Game of Thrones, I don't know what whatever it is. I don't know whether it's going to get the kind Did of they really mess up they... Game of Thrones because they really don't have a story. To go off of, so. it's almost as if the <laughs> yeah, exactly. Didn't they the book. fucked it up, mm-hmm. but they're but they're you can definitely tell but, when the show ran out of book material. But the author mm-hmm. didn't finish the book, so how is it their fault? Yeah, because they don't know how to write on their own. Yes. Wait, no. I mean, yes. They well, don't isn't know how George R. R. Martin also a consultant on the show? So, so he, he could have been. He like, had been yeah, in the earlier true. seasons. He wrote a couple of the episodes actually, but yeah, yeah. he he decided to. That was another thing that it all kind of happened around the same time where they ran out of book material and Martin decided to focus on other things. What did so, he focus on? He hasn't finished that one book. Well, he's he's going to start working on it. Wow, <laughs> you might, you're a George R. R. Martin apologist. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I drink, just know a lot of things. To be fair, I drink and I know things, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, too, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they run all this stuff by him? And he's like, yeah, that's what you should do. Well, like I said, again, in the earlier seasons, he was on board. Like, he was one of the executive producers. Yeah, no, I get or that. But writers. as the show continues, it's like, yeah, fuck it, do whatever you want. I'm not going to, I don't care. Pretty much. Hmm. So Netflix should probably consider hiring so it's really George R.R. R. Martin. So it's well, really not their fault. It's George R.R. Martin's fault. Because HBO basically told uh, the D.B. Weiss and David Benioff, like, you can make it as long as you want. Like, you can have as many episodes as they as you want. And they were like, nah, 
And so they basically like condensed season seven into six episodes and just said, fuck it, we want to go work on Star Wars. And then now they don't want to work on Star Wars anymore. So, I mean, I I had fun talking with those guys at uh, Denver Comic Con, so I do need to give that show a chance. So oh, I know. like the show. Uh, the earlier seasons are great. Uh, well, the, the latter seasons. My favorite's the last season and the last episode ever. <laughs> sure. Hot take. Did you watch it, Ryan? Uh, I've seen to season six. So. Oh, okay, so you're almost caught. Yeah. Uh, moving on, though, to a series that I I am very interested in is uh, we got a trailer for Hunters uh, with Al Pacino playing a Nazi hunter. Ooh. With uh, Jordan Peele producing. Uh, I'm super excited for this. It's, it's a subject that I enjoy thinking about which is just like you know capturing these nazi war criminals that like escaped to south america and shit and just like the the effort that went into that shit and um but the trailer is interesting because it's you know al pacino he's kind of modulated you know which seems he seems to do that when he's on tv stuff or hbo stuff when he's in the movies he gets to go big and bold so i'm going to fucking kill the nazis oh can we remake inglorious pastors with al pacino <laughs> Um, uh, in more news, uh, Ant-Man 3's, uh, gonna be made and Peyton Reed's coming back to direct it. So, uh... Wait, what? <laughs> I fe- well, no, I, I, I find it interesting because I thought they were giving up on Ant-Man 3, like, at a certain point, so... You know, there's only, I think, there's only one Marvel movie that didn't make as much as the previous one, and that was The Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. and that's outside of the Hulk. I guess Avengers Ultron, too, but... Uh, Ultron's, uh... You know, Pacquiao Mayweather took a lot of their box office away that first weekend. No, yes, it did. I blame Pacquiao Mayweather. <laughs> it's not as good as the first Avengers. <laughs> did they announce an Ant-Man sequel in that lineup at D23 no. or whatever? I think they're just slowly trickling out now. I think uh, they did not answer announce them because they're, they're probably trying to get their contracts mm. figured out. Figured out. Yeah. And where it lines up with... Uh, timeline. Timeline and... All that jazz. Release. More nar- more more Marvel news. Uh, Ryan, are you excited that you're going to get a Spider Verse sequel? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, some people would say it's the best movie from last year. Yeah. It, some people may say that. Yeah. And some people might even put it on their top ten list, and people those people would be wrong. I I, I it yeah. won best animated feature at the Oscars last year. I understand. I'm terrible for not. Yeah. Myself and you put Warner. some stupid fucking documentary on there. Hey, 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 Orson Welles' story must be told. Um. Uh, but yeah, April eighth, twenty twenty, you will get Spider Man. Twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Oh yeah, twenty twenty two. Yeah, I thought it was twenty twenty. All right. Anyway, right, that's quick. <laughs> like they, uh, here's deleted scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, we got to just skip over twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. I guess because uh, Spider Man Homecoming three is twenty twenty one, so that's probably why they're doing twenty twenty two. That makes sense. Split it up that way. Um, and the animation probably take forever. <laughs> Yeah. It's a beautiful. Uh, Some would say the best movie of last year. <laughs> Many would. Um, but uh, moving on to a different Spider-Man, uh, Tom Holland, uh, we got to look at him and his new film, Cherry, that's going to be done by the Russo brothers. That's and, uh, pretty good. <laughs> I like the sign that says Shitty Bank. Um, but yeah, no, it looks like, uh, Tom Holland's going to go into some serious dark territory or whatever this film was supposed to Tom be. Tom Holland's awesome. I don't know if you know this, but about, uh, six years ago, I was on this podcast saying that he'd go places. And you were right. I was. He owes you. Have anyone, everyone here seen The Impossible? They really should see The Impossible. It's a good movie. And you know what? He owes his entire career to you. He does. Yeah. You call me up, Tom. <laughs> call me up. Uh, and then the last piece of news, um, 
it kind of has to do with our movie this week, which is uh, the <laughs> Terminator Dark Fate's box offices were so low that I guess the, the, there's no franchise going forward for Paramount. Like they're about to lose close to 50 to 70 million dollars on this thing. Was that Paramount or Fox? It was Paramount, no. Fox, and Tencent and Pictures. Disney. And Disney. Well, yeah, Fox. Disney, Disney. inherited the uh, international. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, I think a lot more of that's going to be discussed when we review the movie. Because um, I think. My personal feeling is is that it doesn't matter what the uh, outcome of the movie is, is that there are so many other Terminator sequels that the goodwill was just gone. But um, I don't know. Maybe people just didn't care. They lost that audience with the... With Genesis and... also like, Ever since 91, like... I mean, some people like some more than others, but, like, really, there hasn't been a Terminator movie that's been a hit for 20 years. Oh, yeah. So what do you expect? Yeah, you got to win that audience back, and I think, I think November one is a really weird time to release it. A Terminator movie? Oh yeah, yeah. that should have been like an April thing to be or honest. Summer. Yeah. Yeah, shows lack of confidence in it. Shoot, yeah. summer was so dead. I would have loved it. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's or in August, the latter then. half of summer, especially. Yeah. Yeah. like August, there wasn't hardly anything. Yeah. But that's the bed they made, and they decided to lay in it. So I guess uh, they won't be back. Um, that's news. You said a fart sound there. You only read that news to make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, I did it. We're going to talk about this later. Why are we talking about it now? I, I, no regrets. Uh, movies. He said that in that movie. What? He did say that in that <laughs> yeah. movie. Boo. Yep. Uh, movies come out on Blu-ray and Ultra HD. DVD releases the Blu-rays. Really quickly, before we get into the Blu-ray releases, I want to let everybody know who's reading Blu-ray.com. Hitchcock, the British International Pictures Collection, is not coming out this week, so the listing is wrong. It's coming out December 10th. You can pick it up from Kino Classics. How dare they? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, who was that who just came in and stole Brad's mic? (laughs) Try to do that in a British voice now. Some Hitchcock nerd just ran down here, <laughs> took my mic, and ran off. Nerd! <laughs> what are you fucking nerds doing talking about Alfred Hitchcock like that? Uh, hey, Jack, you can load of that nerd over there? Excuse me? That's <laughs> <laughs> just great. Um, but uh, the big release, I guess, is Hobbs and Shaw. You can pick that up on 4K. Yeah. And uh, is that a st- Yeah, it's a steelbook. Yeah. Um, no, I'm talking about a different still book. Oh, okay. Sorry. That um, movie is a waste of brain cells. No, it's awesome. No, it's no. it's it's more than fine. It I, I it knows I what liked it is. It. Yeah, exactly. That's if that's it were 45 minutes shorter, it would be better. But it's not. I mean, what would you cut so out? That sucks. Black Superman. <laughs> no, bum, no, bum, he's the best bum, part bum, of the whole fucking movie. Uh, no, that'd be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, mm, he's the best part of every movie. Uh, anyway, you're also getting a bunch of Disney things in 4K. Moana, Big Hero 6, Zootopia, Tangled, Princess and the Frog. Um, no Wally yet. No. I think that's coming out, though, really soon. I saw, like, a listing for it. Yeah, up Monsters University and Monsters, Inc. 2. Yeah. I think that's the last wave. I'm really trying to think of what the Steelbook would be for you. It's not Schindler's List, is it? Because <laughs> that's coming out on a Steelbook. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, scary, scary stories still in the dark. dark. Yeah, that's cool. right. Yeah, oh, those look cool. Shit, that's dark. Um, we're also getting the looks like the Cornetto trilogy is dropping. Um, 
uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End are coming out on 4K. No Steelbook releases, though. I know. No, it sucks. I bought them all together, because if you buy them together, it's like 30 bucks. Yeah, that's the way to go. $20 separate. Shit. I think The World's End is the only Edgar Wright film I'm missing. That's you are missing movie. it. Have you, not yeah, s- great movie. Have you seen it yet? No. Oh, no. That's what I'm saying. I'm oh, missing it. Oh, I thought it. you meant missing from your You know what I love about Edgar no. Wright films is that you think they're about one thing, and they're really about something else. The and mm. The World's End is a huge... Surprise! Oh yeah, and they're really dense. Cause, yeah, because the world said it's supposed to make you cry, and I love it. Why, um, why are you whispering? Because it, it's a great movie. Um, <laughs> uh, there's also a steelbook of Spartacus. Uh, steelbook's badass. Though. I know. Look at that shit. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Two bad, men fighting. <laughs> that Spartacus is really fucking boring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't like Spartacus? It's not that boring. Uh, it's a little boring. Boring. I think Ben Hur is boring compared to Spartacus, but uh, except for the chariot race, that that's exciting. But anyway, I prefer my Spartacus from Stars, where it's just blood and guts and boobs everywhere, and people saying Jupiter's cock all the time, and the main star dying one season in. No, I don't care about that, that guy. Was good. Yeah. Um, wow, Zach. Go also, fucking blooded. Also, you know what? Comes back from the East Coast has an East Coast attitude. Yeah, exactly. I don't go a fuck. Fuck you. Um, no, uh, Brad, you might be excited that Universal Soldier is getting a 4K release, are you? Mm. <laughs> it has to be another. Is that a Lionsgate film? No. Or is it Studio Canal? Uh, no, it's. Dude, it's Lionsgate. They released Lionsgate the weirdest movies on 4K. Now, I'm not saying, like, Universal Soldier doesn't deserve to be on it, but if their <laughs> whole, like, library, they go, hmm. Okay, this week, Red Heat and uh, Universal Soldier. Yeah, that sounds good. You to- you said Red Heat last week, and I was like, they're really? Yep. Why? Yep. Who- do you- it's all right, movie. But it's Is just it a weird though? choice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't like Jim Belushi. Maybe that's why. Yeah, I, I don't either. But- Whoever's scanning the, the, the negatives are just like, uh, so am I getting that Star Wars trilogy in today? <laughs> no doubt. Nope, you're going to get Red Heat and... <laughs> Universal Soldier. <laughs> I don't like but, how I don't like how they fuck. release that shit, but they don't release some of the horror titles that they got. Like I know Vestron's supposed to be their title for that, but they have, Vestron has released something I think in a year. I think it's because they're having troubles. It, it 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 seems like that. Yeah, I don't but, know. I don't know. But yeah, no. It, it's so you're right. I mean, it, <laughs> we so we don't have Star Trek. We don't have Star Wars. We don't have Indiana Jones. But we get Universal Soldier and Red Heat in four. I don't know. Maybe Star Wars. We are getting the Back to the Future trilogy. We are getting Back to the Future. That's and I voted for Last Action Hero. Where's my Last Action Hero 4K? Wait, you you voted for it? Yeah, uh, there was this thing Brad sent me a while. Yeah, Sony Pictures did a survey. Like, hey, which of these titles do you want us to turn into something? Yep, and Last Action Hero was one of them. I I wish they would release. So now we're missing a vote. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I didn't get any email. <laughs> and, and Sony's like, "Okay, we're one vote away from Last Action Hero being on 4K." Didn't get it, guys. Last Action Hero or Legally Blonde? <laughs> well, I don't know. Last Action Hero is good, but Legally See, you Blonde. Know what? You should, you're always looking for something to shoot. You should try to dig up like and make a documentary about Last Action Hero. That actually that, would be a fucking great because it's crazy. That story is crazy. Oh. You can interview John McTiernan in jail. Yeah, Shane he, Black. You know, he's whatever. not going anywhere. Oh. <laughs> He got, he, up, he, got up, he got up the river for tax shit, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. If you interview Charles Dance, I want to be there for that. I want to I want to interview Shane Black. That's what I want to do. Schwarzenegger's not doing any more Terminator movies, so yeah. he'll be available. Well, you know, Shane Black was in the uh, um, Monster Squad oh, doc. Oh, well, Vanguard Nards. Yeah. So, I mean, he'll probably do it. 
because that movie is fucking crazy. The making of it, and I, I thought there was a book about it. I've always been looking for it, but I, I don't. I thought there was a, maybe I'm wrong. I just realized I should maybe do a documentary with Shane Black about why Nice Guys is the seventh best film of 2016. Because Zach <laughs> likes to be a troll on his own show. God, East Coast really did make you mean. I know. Uh, there's no going back. Uh, there is one other new release: is The Kitchen. Did anybody see The Kitchen? Nope. No. Even with my Alamo season pass, I did not see the kitchen. I couldn't take the heat, so <laughs> oh, and get out of the <laughs> kitchen! Wow, Brad's on fire. That's how you do it, Zach. Yeah, <laughs> Brad will tell you how to tell a joke. Okay, fair enough. Um, it's all and, about the setup. And then the last thing that I have, Brad, is this a new or an older Galaxy Quest release? Older because I own it. Oh, okay, so then this is just a reissue of it. All right, then there's nothing else, guys. Unless you want to watch Naked Alibi. Yep. With Sterling Hayden and Gloria Graham brr, um, on uh, Kino Lobo Blu-ray. Gloria, Gloria Graham had it going on, man. Uh, I guess. You. I mean, you, you're the one who purred. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a picture in my head of her, so I don't know. Well, now you Take do. your word for it. Gloria, Gloria. I do want to see that movie. Uh, I got Julia. your number. Uh, but anyway, that's Blu-rays. And I got your address. Gloria. Whoa. You guys took You've that been weird under. Wow. Gloria. We know the song really well. Any, any Laura Branigan fans in here? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. I mean, I know what I'm going to get you for Christmas now. It's just a copy of Gloria Bell. Well, we're not going to sing it anymore because I don't want to pay for the rights of Gloria. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, that's Blu-rays. Cool. We watch movies throughout the week in a segment I call What We've Been Watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Um, Corinne, what did you watch this week? Wait, um, do I put myself to sleep? Should Zach go first? No, I will go with Corinne. Okay. Um, so, it was Halloween last week. I watched my usual It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and yeah. then The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. That's probably the greatest great. Halloween thing uh uh, Television-wise, ever. Yes, agreed. Mm, got some little debbies. <laughs> yes, I brought snacks. H- have you seen Why the uh, uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, where Will Ferrell comes out as Little Debbie, and he says it's actually Little Debbie, and he gets all pissed off. It's really funny. Did I you bring us these fiber that. capsules? Too? I didn't. I did not bring any fiber capsules. Oh, Sorry, <laughs> Brad, uh, Brad. Zach can't shit, and now you just told everybody. <laughs> Pretty sure you just did. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> his alibi could have been like, "Oh, those are mom and dads. They just left them down here." He told us that they were his because yeah. he can't shit. <laughs> I, I just want to get through by what I was. Quit watching. eating so much cheese, okay. <laughs> guys. Let Corinne finish before I <laughs> mix in some kale, Zach. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, Corinne. Eat Look, a salad. Please, please finish what you were saying. Um, I've. I love Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, those are both great. Watch them on Halloween or don't. I don't care. Um, I've also been, like I said last time, rewatching Once Upon a Time. Hmm. I'm up to mid-season three. Um, the mid-season three finale is great. And I honestly wish, like, that would have been the finale for the whole show because it's just such a great, like, final note to go out on. And it's kind of weird that they just kept going. It's like, you wrote such a great... Like finale, and then now you're just kind of gonna okay. You keep going. It's like a long fart. Did so. you commit to it when it was on the air? 
Yeah, yeah, I was watching it when it was airing. I don't see the wheels turning. I watched, I watched it from season one to season five, and then for whatever reason fell off season six, so I don't know what the hell is going on with Brad over there. I don't know either. <laughs> Something's going to pop out of his mouth. Yeah. Is he Sorry. hiccuping? Nothing, I just can't stop laughing. Okay. Continue. Um, but yeah, once upon a time. So the I'm trying to decide whether I want to keep going with it, because... The latter half of season three focuses on them and the Wicked Witch from The Wizard of Oz. Mm. And I kind of don't like that character in the show, but whatever. Um, so keep, keep Well, you talked doing... about last time. You think if you binge watch it, you'll like the character more? Maybe. I don't know. I've never I seen the show. She was just so hammy. Just in the whole... Yeah. Anyway, they retconned a lot of things to bring her in, but whatever. Um, let me go through my NBC shows real fast. Superstore is still really great. Perfect Harmony, their Halloween episode was awesome. I think it's the best one to date. Um, Bradley Whitford like cut off the arms and part of the legs on a tuxedo and did like a Chippendales dancer. Ah, Billy dance. Madison's Bradley Whitford. <laughs> mm. Yep. Um, and it was both disturbing and hilarious. So there's that. Um, the Good Place, even though last week's episode was a little bit fillery. <laughs> Um, still really good. Like there wasn't a lot of plot elements in it. It was a lot of just really good character beats. I won't spoil it for you, Ryan, because I don't think you've seen no, it. No, I'm two episodes behind because I started watching the first season again on right. Netflix, and so mm-hmm. I need to catch up. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, I think they they planted little seeds that they're gonna reap later in the show, but we haven't seen them yet. So it just kind of felt like okay, this was a, an episode. It wasn't like oh my gosh, it was crazy, but. Um, but I'm really excited for this week's episode because some stuff's going down that we I can't talk to you about yet because it'll spoil <laughs> some some stuff for you. I'll try to catch up this week. Okay. Um, and then the blacklist continues to be the bane of my TV watching existence, and I hate it. Oh, great, but I'll keep watching. It. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, put the cord down. Get the cord off. Ryan is currently strangling himself stop, with his own XLR stop. cable. <laughs> Put me on the blacklist if I have to hear about the blacklist again. <laughs> I I was done talking about it. Jeez. Um, the last TV show I'll mention. Um, I've been. I would say the I, red list. No, <laughs> that would be awesome. Actually, if it was just red and like no. Oh my god! Else. Sorry. Just talk about your other show. <laughs> um, I checked out season five of Portlandia from the library. So one of my friends had been living in Portland when they filmed it, and she said she was an extra on a couple of episodes, and so I was trying to find them. I've never seen the show. It's hilarious. Love it. So I might, I mean, I was, so I found the one episode she was in. I was trying to find the other. I ended up watching, like, half of season five, and I... It's very bizarre. It is a really bizarre show. I didn't get it when I first, like, the first episode I watched. I was like... I kept thinking they were the same people. Like, mm-hmm. why are they... Sp- now they're doing something different. And But it's like they these two actors keep playing different couples around the city. And so it took me like two or three episodes to... Oh, okay. I get yeah. it now. Um, My wife kind of like a, a sketch comedy sort of thing. But yeah, it's hilarious. And the guest stars that they get on it is, are pretty good. They had Olivia Wilde and Jeff Goldblum on one episode. Um, they had Paul Simon on the one that my friend was in. Um, don't forget your fiber pills. So I still have to find the other one that she's in, but I, if I end up watching all of of season five of Portlandia, it won't be a waste of time. Yeah. No, it's a fun show. Laura used to watch it all the time. 
It's just really bizarre, but in a funny it way. Is, you know what yeah. I mean? It's not. It takes it for me. It took me about one or two episodes to uh-huh. get into it, and then I kind of picked up what they were doing, where it's just stupid, but funny, but smart. It's a really. I can't even describe the show. It it kind of reminds me of Thirty Rock, where it's just kind of like a little bit of everything, and it mm. is like that kind of weird humor, and it's executive produced by Lauren Michaels, so it's like okay, that makes a yeah. lot of sense, and it's a lot of those same people from SNL, so. Well, not the same people from 30 Rock, but just like more people from SNL doing another show. Um, And then two movies. um, I watched Bad Boys, which you'll hear about next week in Catching the Classics. Got to say, my review of it is kind of hilarious because I was a little bit tipsy. And you were live tweeting it, which was hilarious. (laughs) I was live. (laughs) About how much you hated it. it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Was I live? I only like tweeted two things out. But yeah, it was. Yeah, basically. Dumb. (laughs) Yeah. Spoilers! Yeah, I, I always, two out of like five I always stars. think Bad Boys is so overrated, and that's why when you had me put up that poll, I'm like, "Why are people voting for fucking Bad Boys?" I crazy. guess just because I haven't seen it, and they're like, "She's got to see this. Bad Boys is great." Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you should have seen it Super Bad because Super Bad is great. Well, maybe here in a few weeks I'll throw it up again or something. Um, and then I went to see Maleficent with my Regal Unlimited, and wow, I'm really glad I didn't pay money to see that movie. Um, not directly, but yeah, it's, um, Did you kind like the of, first one? It, it was okay. Like, I think there were elements of it that were really good, but it was just kind of like boring mm-hmm. and not a lot happened. I don't know. It's yeah. been a while since I've seen the first Maleficent, but this one was just kind of a, a ball of hot mess. You know, she's one of those villains that, I mean, she's interesting in Sleeping mm-hmm. Beauty, but I think her character design has overshadowed anything she's done on screen. Um, and, you know, Sleeping Beauty is such a beautifully animated film. Mm-hmm. I think it, it kind of outweighs the character. I mean, she looks cool, but she's really no different than, I think, than the witch in Snow White. Yeah. I mean, she's basically Yeah, she's the just same pure beats. evil. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, at least with Maleficent, they kind of did, like, the wicked treatment where they, you know, you have this iconic villain that you're like, oh, but actually she was, like, not as bad as everybody Said she was. They haven't made a wicked movie. They are. They're making one. Are they? I thought they would always be like perfect. I feel like they keep announcing it like every few years. Like we're gonna make a wicked movie next Christmas. Is what I is Emily Blunt playing the Wicked Witch? That'd be awesome. I have no idea. (laughs) Hired me. If anything, it'd be Adina Menzel because she originated the role on Broadway. So if you're gonna get any, she's too old. Put in Emily Blunt. I'm just kidding. I love. Um, but Maleficent. The costumes are amazing. Uh, yeah. In the Mistress of Evil, um, the costumes are amazing. The visuals are pretty good. Like you know, I mean, it has like a certain style to it. So even though your brain's like, "This is fake," you're like, "Yeah, but it still kind of looks cool." So whatever, go with that's it. That's right, a fairy tale. You yeah, go with it. Yeah, there's all like weird creatures floating around, and um, not like the set design because I'm sure a lot of it is virtual. But like a lot of the backgrounds and. Um, designs of the different buildings and castles are really cool. So, but everything related to like the characters and the writing is just garbage. And I, every scene Maleficent was in, I could not get over how sharp her cheekbones are. And I don't, I don't remember if that was the case from the first movie, uh, but it's I just think it like, was. what I mean, it's just like, I know they, you know, they're razor them a sharp. Lot. So maybe they just went over the top with her makeup yeah. this time or something. I haven't seen the first one in a while either. Maybe I should. I don't know. So, wouldn't Maybe. recommend it. Maybe, like, watch it on Blu-ray when it Disney comes Plus. out. Disney Plus. 
Yeah. Don't spend money on it or just rent it from Redbox or something. So that's all I've been watching. Cool. <laughs> Zach? <clears throat> Literally not that much. Um, what the hell? I had the best jokes tonight. I know, but th- <laughs> that's because I don't want to end with him. So it just sucks all the air out. I want it to. Okay. I and it. so it's like the climax, you know, here it's like, oh, this is the lull where we're doing exploratory or exposition. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's going to be like, bam. Yeah. Punchline. Punchline. Um, so I, wait, are you saying I was dull? No, it's a roller coaster. Now we're on the down and we're going to go back up. <laughs> You've been gone for too long, Zach. Yeah, no. The only um, the only two things I rewatched were uh, or watched were um, uh, the uh, I rewatched the MGM six hour documentary when the lion roars, and I mainly watched that just to uh, watch Patrick Stewart do silly shit in front of Art Deco sets. Um, but the documentary is good. It's just the Patrick Stewart stuff's weird, uh, and I love it. Um, and then the only other thing I saw was the Lighthouse, um, which. I like it. I think I personally like it more than The Witch, but I love them both. It's kind of weird. Like it's just for some I mean, obvious reasons, this movie kind of touched all my um, filmmaker love buttons in terms of um, it's it's got. It's Please a, don't ever use the term love buttons ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Just say love butt. Touch his love butt. I can't even shit out my love butt. Apparently. Uh, yep. I mean, you're the one with fiber pills. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Please stop um, talking. Uh, this giant dildo. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, but anyway, uh, the, the Lighthouse is a uh, it's a black and white movie in four three. So obviously, I'm gonna like the shit out of it, and it's got Willem Dafoe. I mean, is it shot in um, as a widescreen? No, it's it's so, and I'm and I'm actually wrong on my aspect ratio. It's not four three. It's um, one nineteen one, which was mm. the earliest of. Uh, Size aspect ratio yeah. for sound film. It's uh, basically like Grand Budapest Hotel, where it's yeah, yeah. but it's even narrow. It's it's somehow narrower than that because huh. that's the earliest like sound film. Um, but it the story is Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are two lighthouse keepers. Pattinson's uh, sparkles, um, <laughs> dude. Nothing sparkling about <laughs> this. the lighthouse works. <laughs> not not nothing sparkling about Pattinson in this movie. Like in terms of a like a glittery glow, like it's. Grin, it's grungy, it's dirty, it's grimy. Um, it's it's a wonderful piece. Um, it's if I had to really pitch it to you, Ryan, is uh, basically what the witch does for examinations of female oppre- female oppression in society, in puritanical societies, and stuff like that. This is about men going fucking nuts when they're left alone. Um, it's uh, it has that same uh, ancient. Uh, like ancient tongue so it's like ancient dialect so it's not like it's not spoken in regular english like it's done in like a east coastal dialect that hasn't been spoken in years um and the production design's amazing you've probably been seeing seagulls all over the posters and stuff like that they're all over this fucking movie and there's actually some shots where some of the seagulls are clearly just bird puppets but it adds to the aesthetic as if though it's kind of like maybe you're watching like the birds and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, I did see a, a scene from it they put online uh-huh. where Robert Pattinson's asking the seagull what each object is and he's telling them. And yeah, I'm just it's from the little mermaid. No, it's, not, it's not what it is. <laughs> you, you, you jerk. I made that up. Um, there is a very violent scene with the seagull, though. Actually, there's two. But um, I will not spoil it. Moon River. Um, I will say, though, that this is it's not a horror. Well, 
it's a horror movie. It's not the witch horror. It's a completely different beast because I think it's trying to tackle a bunch of different things. Um, but if I was going to label it a horror film, I'd say it's kind of like Lovecraftian. It's um, a love butt movie. <laughs> <laughs> there's a Cthulhu monster in this movie. So. Love um, And also there's some mermaid shit yes. going on in that movie. So I'm uh, just going to see it. So what? Some of us are going to see the movie, so don't oh. reveal everything. Okay. Well, but anyway, you should yeah, go I check know out Cthulhu's the... in it. <laughs> it's, it's a Cthulhu monster, but it, you'll when you get it, you'll get it. But anyway, um, I would recommend it. Um, I recommend seeing it on a big screen too. Like it's it sounds weird since it's not like a wide screen presentation and stuff like that. There's no spectacle to it, but you want to watch it in a theater because you feel boxed in with them thanks to that aspect ratio. Like it's pretty astounding and. We need to give Willem Dafoe his Oscar for this, or it's never going to happen. Like he's amazing in the movie; he's fantastic. It's one of my favorite performances of the year. Um, and yeah, I hope Eggers gets to do his Nosferatu movie because uh, that would be fucking neat. Uh, but I guess he's doing a Viking thing next, so nice. that could be cool. Uh, anyway, that's he all should, I watched this week. He should put William Dafoe in a Nosferatu movie. Oh wait, they did that. <laughs> I lack some makeup. Did. <laughs> Brad. Uh, I watched the most recent season of BoJack Horseman, and that's still funny, but uh, less funny because it's so much more about, I guess, rehab, um, getting over past demons, and um, a bit of a grim grim season. Uh, it's it's only the first half. I guess they're gonna release the rest in mm. January or something. So, but is this uh, the last season too? Right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's basically bojack horseman's on the road to recovery from alcoholism and dealing with the effects of how that's hurt everyone Hmm. um and uh there's actually a really great episode of um mr peanut butter and his uh fiance he cheated on her and so they're having an argument because she has found out about it and meanwhile there was some kind of surprise party being thrown for them so everyone's at you know his mansion and before they can yell surprise, like they realize that they're having this fight. And so pretty much three fourths of the episode are them having the fight, walking around the house and everyone trying to stay hidden. And so they're constantly moving from room to room and like hiding in different various things. It just goes on for so long. Um, you know, and then Mr. Peanut Butter and his fiance are just uh, talking shit about all their friends. So the people that are hiding are finding out like how, how much they actually don't like them. <laughs> and stuff and it's it's really a clever episode especially like how they have to like hide from everything um is great um so i also got to go to the beginning of the denver film festival that's right opening night presentation of, did you pick up our passes i didn't and you just paid for you it said you weren't going this year i wasn't but no one was doing anything on halloween so i was like fine i'll pay the 30 i also have like a Film Society membership. Uh, Forgot that I probably could have got probably a got free, for free screening. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I should have picked up the passes while I was down there. But yeah, didn't think of it. Um, but anyway, uh, so I got to see Knives Out. Ryan Johnson was there, so I listened to his Q and A afterwards. Um, and the movie's not as I guess clever as I expected it to be. Because you know they they you know the trailer advertises like a new kind of whodunit, and it, the really the difference is like you know who did it at the very beginning of the movie, <laughs> and then it's all this like misdirection uh, to figure out like 
why that isn't what's going on. Um, so I, I just expected more of a twist mm -hmm. than there was. Um, but like, you're really going to see that ensemble, like the ensemble is great. Um, and Daniel Craig kills it. Um, and, it, but he actually figures very little in the story. And then the finale is so much just exposition that I thought was just kind of a lazy way to wrap up the movie. So that was a bit disappointing. So, um, but still like it's worth a watch, you know, it's one of the better things out there. Well, um, we saw it like a month. You saw it really early. Yeah, it doesn't come out to Thanksgiving, so yeah. you have a little sneak peek into, yeah, maybe you should see that. Uh, and then the last thing I saw was Parasite, which Ooh. is getting all the like praise right now as being possibly the best movie of the year. I don't think it's the best movie of the year, but it's definitely like worth a watch because you know it's it's a bit of a meditation on class, classism, I guess, in society. This is um, like Korean horror drama, right? I wouldn't say horror, um, but it's they, it's... they keep advertising it like it's horror. Because of the ending, um, but it's not really, it's just violent, uh, unexpectedly violent. Like, the first half of the, half of the movie is one thing, and you're like, oh, this is a fun, lighthearted romp, and then it takes like a hard left, and you're like, oh, shit. Um, yeah, I've, I've read a lot of reviews saying uh, go into it not being exposed to too much of what the film's about because yeah. it makes it more enjoyable. Yeah, so I don't want to say too much, but, you know. I mean, I feel like that's kind of what the trailer did when I saw it because it was kind of like, oh, hey, here's this, like, thing going on, and then all of a sudden, like, the second half of the trailer is like, some crazy shit happens. Yeah. Prepare yourself. I've been hearing that um, there's, it's, the film isn't exactly what is being sold in the trailer, like, in terms of certain characters being prominent in the movie, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, well, no, you can, it's it's really hard to, like, explain that movie in a trailer because like i said the first half you're like oh this is a fun lighthearted romp um isn't this clever and then oh man this shit got dark really fast and i don't want to say more than that because it'll really spoil it but um you know just did not see that angle of the movie coming nice so uh yeah check that out so but i'd say like knives out in that or kind of like that's how i feel about even with them mm. so that's all I watched. Well, uh, I actually, uh, my wife for some reason is really likes Rob Zombie, um, so we got three from hell. And I'm a, I'm a little mad at my wife for this because she said so she buys uh, not expediated delivery with Amazon and they give you digital credits. So she said, "Don't worry, we don't have to pay for it." And my Amazon account is attached to my Amazon credit card. And so I got a charge on it for two dollars. I had to pay two dollars for this movie, and I want my money back. Um, so three from hell is Rob Zombie's third part in his trilogy about the Firefly family. And, um, it stars Sherry Moon Zombie, of course, and, um, Bill Mosley and, uh, Sid Haig, his last movie, but maybe I think it's his last movie. I don't know if he did it's, something else. Well, there, there's there's listings for stuff, but I think this is for now. This is the last one. Um, and it looks like he looks really bad in it, and uh, he's only in it for maybe four minutes mm. um, at the very beginning. Um, the story says that they so a sign of lazy uh, filmmaking to me and um, storytelling is so you go to a movie and they recap the previous film through news reporting, so it's just talking heads saying. This is the most dangerous family in America. And they got shot over 20 times. They had a one in a million chance of living and they all live. 
Um, because if you've seen The Devil's Rejects... They get blown the fuck away. They get blown away. And that movie, I, I feel that um, Rob Zombie is like really peaked. Um, so, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses is okay. I, I think Devil's Rejects is pretty good. His Halloween movies are divisive, but I think he's telling a story there that's interesting. Um, and then he does Lords of Salem, and then he does 31, and then just continues to crash. I because think, I think Lords of Salem is where he peaks. Because um, it's... It's at least unique. Yeah, but I also think he's not a very good dialogue writer. I think he mm. he doesn't give unique voices to his characters. They all will say "fuck you, motherfucker," and then it'll cut to Baby, who's his wife, who's a horrible actress, and he keeps on putting her in lead roles. And she goes, "No, fuck you, fuck you, motherfucker, fuck shit, fuck mo, fuck shit, fuck mo, motherfucker, fuck you." And that's all it is. And then he tries to compensate it by doing gruesome violence. Mm. Um. Which is it's not shocking if it's not staged properly, if that makes any sense. Um, mm. The reason Texas Chainsaw Massacre is such a, a, a classic movie and it's gritty is there's really that not much blood in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's the impact of, you know, Leatherface hitting the dude in the head with a hammer or, or things like that. This movie, um, whatever. So they, they um, Bill Mosley's character, I even forget his fucking name in it, Otis. Uh, um, Otis B. Driftwood. Yeah, so he escapes and um, kills Danny Trejo on the chain gang with him for some reason. Because he was, uh, I think he wasn't, he was in Devil's Rejects, and I think they ratted him out or something. I don't know. Um, so uh, they have another guy, I'm guessing, was supposed to be the Sid Haig character. Um, oh, Richard Brake. Yeah, yeah, Richard Brake. Yeah, that was supposed to, I think that was supposed to be the situation until Sid's illness. Yeah, so. I mean, he, he he was sick, and I understand, whatever. Um, and then, so now, so then they go to the warden's house, who where Baby, the warden for the prison that Baby's staying at. Mm-hmm. And tell him to get her out and they do and then they kill him and all his like friends and then there's uh a clown played by clint howard shows up at the house <laughs> really and i'm like what the fuck is this clown doing here i don't know but it's clint howard as a clown <laughs> that, that's fine and but it doesn't make any sense it's just a reason for them to have a clown do something stupid and they shoot him and and you're trying to he's glorifying these people that are killing people for no reason um, where movies like Friday the 13th, you, I mean, you root for Jason in a way, but at the end, you always want to see him get his due. Um, but in this, it's, you know, oh, look how cool they are. Then they have some Mexican standoff with uh, dudes in uh, luchador masks. And you're like, what the fuck is this movie? Mm. It was garbage. And I, I get mad. At, I was like, and, and Laura likes Rob Zombie as a director. I think he's really not that talented. Um he does lots of shaky cameras. And like I said, he doesn't know how to tell a story and the acting in it is pretty bad. Did she um, still like this one then? No, she didn't like it yeah. at all. Um, I watched Dolomite is my name, uh, which is the Eddie Murphy movie on oh. Netflix. And it's pretty freaking amazing. Oh, good. Um, uh, in it, he plays uh, Rudy Moore, who is, um, it's a true story about Rudy Moore. He's a failed performer. And there was a, a homeless guy who would come into his record store and he would spit off these rhymes about Dolomite. And I guess he was, uh, from what I understand, I could be wrong, but he was an, uh, a civil rights, uh, like folk legend mm -hmm. where he was this cool suave guy. And so the homeless guy who talks in rhymes. So Rudy Moore pays, um, him to tell him stories. 
So he takes those stories and puts it in his act where he's this pimp and he rhymes. And um, I guess Rumor was one of the original rappers um, because he yeah. tells it in a certain beat. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny. And Eddie Murphy is amazing in it. And it's fun to see Eddie Murphy be like Beverly Hills cop Eddie Murphy again, where he's not, you know, Norbert or whatever. He's no, no makeup. No makeup. I, he just, I mean, there's makeup, but, yeah. um, but he goes and he, he's really good in it. He's not playing like eight characters. In exactly. Costumes. It's yeah. him. It, it's like a role he can play. And it, it's funny because they go and see a uh, love story, I think in the theater. And he's like, this shit ain't funny. Where's the, <laughs> he's in, you know, where's the Kung Fu? And that's what the shit people talk. So he goes and sees, uh, um, Keegan Michael Peel. Um, oh, fuck, I can't Keegan Michael Peel. Thank you, not Peel. Jordan Peel. Um, he does like this uh, theater for um, African Americans in L.A. because they're not getting jobs, and he writes all these plays. And uh, you know, Rudy's there, and he's like, "Oh, these are really good. You should write this play, uh, this movie for me." And he says, "And there's going to be kung fu and titties, and <laughs> and that's what people want to see." And it's this really horrible black exploitation idea, but it's so zany that it's funny and i it remember we really want to see dolomite which it's, is a real movie and it's on prime is it yeah. i'll have to go check it out yeah, um it so yeah i should really see dolomite is my name because it's it's really good it's uh written by two of my favorite writers so I, i'm planning a time this week to just sit down and watch it and tune everybody else out mm. yeah it's it's fun um uh, i watch humanoids from the deep uh, which is an old roger corman film um and in it it's about these fish people that live humanoids yeah fish humanoid salmon people i don't know that have algae on them <laughs> and uh some company is dumping chemicals in the water that's how they become created um and so the special effects are by the guy who did robocop uh botten and uh Rob Boteen. yeah Boteen, thank you um and uh <laughs> like one of the monsters looks really good. And then I was watching the special features and they only had money to make one of the monsters look really good. I go, Oh, that makes sense. Cause you never really see them on screen together. Um, it's fun. Um, it's, <laughs> but you got to be prepared to, because so these fish humanoid people things come out of the ocean and they have sex with women <laughs> to like make more of them. And then they just like rip, dude's heads off and stuff and then the end is in this huge carnival and it's just blood and guts and um it's fun if you like monster movies um and the steel book was really sweet uh so that's a fun one uh and i also watch naked vengeance which is a revenge thriller <laughs> from the 80s uh in it this lady uh goes out with her husband and while she's out with her husband this lady is being attacked by a dude the husband tries to intervene and he gets murdered and so she goes, she's all upset, goes, sees her parents. And while she's at her parents' house, cause she used to live there, everyone talks about how she's like Hollywood now because she's an actress and in commercials. And so one night they all go to her house and they rape her. And, um, so then she acts like she's, Wait, her family does no, like these dudes from her past or something like these five guys. Hmm. Um, and so she goes, uh, insane and she's in an insane asylum, but she's not insane. She's really sneaks out at night and murders all these guys. <laughs> and it's like, it's so cheesy. And like the synth score in it is like really awesome though. So it's one of those movies that's pretty bad, but it's still really fun to watch um, because it's, there's so many stupid parts in it. So she goes and sees the bartender and she like lights him on fire and then shoots him. And then she comes back to the insane asylum and uh, all the 
dudes are like working out in this gym and they go, hey, we should go check on her. Yeah, let's go check on her. And so she goes walking along the lake in this insane asylum. I don't know. And the dude, one of the dudes is who attacked her and because they're going to see if she's really crazy is driving a boat and she sees him. And so then she takes off all her clothes to flirt with him. And he's like, oh, 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 hey, baby. And he pulls up the boat, jumps out, starts kissing her. He pushes, she pushes him against his boat and grabs a knife that he has on her boat. And he fucking, she fucking castrates him. And then he runs up on shore with like blood pouring out of his dick. He's like, "Uh, uh," and she throws an anchor, sticks it in his shoulder, starts the engine on the boat and drags him out into the lake. And yep. And then she kills the rest of them. And like at the end, it's like this slasher movie. It's, fucking stupid but awesome yep. naked vengeance i think it's on prime as well i know i got it with shocktober um from scream factory i just had to cancel my prime account again <laughs> yep. you're missing out <laughs> you are missing out on naked vengeance um yeah i mean if you like women revenge thrillers with like awesome gore effects i mean this movie's for you I mean, at the end when she fights the leader of the gang or whatever, I don't know what you call him. Um, it's literally them chopping each other up. Like, he hits him with a butcher knife. She's He's, like, cutting her with a, a hook. And there's blood just spraying all over the walls. And and then she shoots him in the head with a shotgun. Uh, spoilers for a, 40, a 35-year-old movie. And she shoots him in the head. And it's, like, one of those really cheesy cutaways where she points the gun and then it cuts back to the dude, but it's just from behind him and you can tell it's like a fake head and it just explodes. <laughs> it's pretty fun. <laughs> and that's what I watched this week. Sweet. <laughs> uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Terminator, Dark Fate. Corinne, should people see Terminator? I'm surprised you went and saw this, actually. Yeah, well, that's the nice thing about having this Regal Unlimited thing as a you know, I just got bored Saturday night and I was done with my work and I was like, I can go see the movie. Nice. And, uh, you know, I've only ever seen the second Terminator T2 and I saw Salvation, but I don't really remember anything that happened in it. Yeah, you don't have to. Um, but I had a good time. Like I was able to keep up with it. I knew what, you know, was going on. I mean, they, I think they do a pretty good job of explaining everything in a way that doesn't make it feel like super dense or like it's talking down to you like it feels organic and kind of like okay well you know we got to talk about this but we're also keeping the plot moving um action's great i think the performances are great so yeah i said yeah right on brad um yeah i would say this is definitely the best terminator film since t2 um but that a lot of that is attributed to the fact that it is t2 um, it's basically the Force Awakens of the Terminator franchise, because <laughs> um, yeah, it, the, the, this, they're never going to get away from the story of there's someone who's vital to the future, someone goes back to protect them, and someone else goes back there to, to kill both of them. Um, uh, the best part is probably Linda Hamilton, um, especially when she's uh, in the woods talking about oh. how she can't. Now mm-hmm. oh, wait till spoilers. Um, yeah, so it's good, but it's, it's not like one of the best things I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I just, I just, I just want some, them to do something different story-wise with that franchise. Zach. Um, I actually think you should, uh, it's my favorite Terminator movie since probably T2. Um, and I was, I was actually kind of a defender of three and even salvation. Um, Genesis I thought was garbage. 
but uh, I actually appreciated a lot of things this movie did uh, that not only made wise made sense story wise, but also <laughs> I appreciated that it like tried to weave in some real life issues. Um, they they don't elaborate on them whatsoever, but they're there and it's an interesting backdrop. Um, but, um, I really liked watching Linda Hamilton again. So I think that my rose colored glasses are mainly because I just liked watching her do shit again. Uh, and I think Arnold's really good in the movie. So I, I, I would definitely go check it out. Like, I think there's, you know, I know that there's some, you know, bad blood with the last couple of installments, like not being up to par, but this might be worth your money. So, yeah, I, I agree. I actually think this movie is pretty awesome. You know, I think the... And I'm an apologist for all the Terminator movies. I can find um, things that I like in each one. Uh, and well, this, the last one probably would have been great if they would not spoiled John Connor being the villain in yeah, the trailer. Ex- I agree. Yeah. And I thought that was a great um, poll. And this movie, uh, when we get to spoilers, I'll talk about a really smart thing I really liked at the beginning. Um, and yeah, it's, it's cool to see, um, a, a Terminator movie, how it's supposed to be. I think too, the PG 13 ratings really hurt them where this is, I mean, it's a violent world that they're coming into. And I thought it was ah, spoilers too. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's a really fun movie and it's a shame it's getting negative press right now because I think if people gave it a chance, they'd really enjoy it. Um, because it's, it's basically getting rid of, you know, it's like the Halloween movie. It's getting rid of the sequels that people don't care about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's putting it, the sequel that people do care about. And I think they did a really good job with it. Um, and Tim Miller, he can direct action. It's pretty fun. Uh, here's a trailer for Terminator Dark Fate. Talk. Talk fast. You first. My name is Sarah Connor. August 29, 1997. It was supposed to be Judgment Day. But I changed the future. Saved three billion lives. Enough of a resume for you? No. You may have changed the future. But you didn't change our fate. I know you're scared, but I'm here to protect you. Never seen one like you before. Almost human. I am human. Just enhanced. Why do you care what happens to her? Because I was her. I can see you're very upset. I'm going to help you protect the girl. Nobody else is going to die because of me. If you don't make it, everybody dies. Expect a big pain, brother. The whole body's a weapon. Sorry.
When this is all over, I am going to kill you. I understand. I'll be back. So, yeah, Terminator Dark Fate. Um, yeah, they did stop Judgment Day, which is, I re- thought, a really cool idea. What I thought was also, so go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, another really cool idea is, like, yeah, it makes sense that there would be other Terminators that was sent my, back. I was going to say that. Get to um, that was my spoiler. I said, I said, because they can send these guys back. Why would they just send one? Yeah. And it was, you know, that scene. So what we're talking about, so... Um, Linda Hamilton open, it opens like Terminator 2 where she's talking about the future and how she stopped also great de-aging oh yeah mm-hmm. um, on her and Edward Eddie Furlong yeah, yeah so and she talks about how she went to Mexico with her kid and she always talked about it in T2 she'd go to Mexico um, and I think it sucks you in the film because they have that great scene from her in Terminator 2 where she's talking about where she doesn't give a damn about anybody because everybody's dead already so fuck you I love that moment she's so great in Terminator 2 as well um but yeah, you know, it's a really shocking moment <clears throat> because they stop Judgment Day and, you know, they're sitting at that cantina and Schwarzenegger Terminator walks up and blasts John Connor mm-hmm. with a shotgun. Which was this, which I've heard some people getting angry about that. And I don't no. understand why, because wouldn't it make <coughs> sense that if you stop Judgment Day, John Connor's no longer fucking important? And like, it's. I'm sorry. It just it's. I found it interesting that people were complaining about it. It's like I'm sorry, but like, you guys were all complaining that John Connor's mythos was an issue with the sequels three, Salvation, and Genesis, but then they did something about that, and then you got even angrier. So I didn't understand the reception to mm. that. Yeah. Well, they stopped that instance of Judgment Day. If there's mm-hmm. seven or eight other Terminators roaming or the Earth trying to find him, yeah, eventually they're going to catch up Be- with him because that's their program. Exactly, and you know. That's why, too, his... I, I really love the Schwarzenegger moment where he's like, I fulfilled my mission. And, you know, you never think... I never really thought about that. I said, what would a artificial intelligence do that has a, a capabilities? Because they've mentioned it in the previous Terminator movies. He's an infiltrator. His job is to learn about people. And so eventually he has nothing to do. And then you just learn to love people. It's really bizarre. He learns about and to drapes. Do it, yep. Yeah. Interior decorating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought that was shocking when I was watching like, holy shit. Well, I thought that was a better, like that's just a better story. Like, yeah, finally, like let's dig into like what makes Terminators tick. Like, yeah. And, and if, move, if you take away their mission and move away from the John Connor thing. Yeah. Because you're right. You don't need him anymore. If, yeah. if you, or the savior of like judgment day, like it's been done Six times now, yeah. five times now, like, and you know, Mackenzie Davis is pretty fucking badass in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a great, you know, did they explain who Captain was? I assume it was Danny Ramos, who she's trying to save in the future. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, on the stretcher. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's her. Yeah, yeah, that's her, and that's why she the volunteers. Commander. Yeah, yeah. They didn't do a close up of the commander, so I was, I just assumed that was. But I think that's a, I, I love the idea too of, um, you know. Sarah's like, no, you're going to give birth to the savior. And they said, no, she's the savior. It's not, no, it's not some miracle dude is going to come save you. It's this person at this moment 
is the reason why you know there's a future and it's i love that it's not skynet it's something else legion it's yeah. legion and they yeah. they learn well, it's just that it's the perpetuating military industrial complex exactly it's like they won't learn from their mistakes mm-hmm. and even um i mean i think the uh rev nine i thought it was an interesting terminator mm. um i didn't think the cgi was good on it though like every once in a while you, like it still has that morphing thing that like they did in the 90s when i feel like you know you have the capability to like really just um like get really detailed with like when the like clothes form separate mm-hmm. from the skin and stuff so i think it'd be a really interesting story too to tell uh carl schwarzenegger's terminator what he did and how he learned um you know to care i mean he mentions it a little bit um, but to see his journey, yeah, because he also, when he develops his conscience or whatever he, you want to call it for him, um, you know, he's, he's helping Sarah get over John and, you know, he signs his text messages for John. Um, cause does he feel remorse for killing John Connor? Um, it seems like he does. Well, he, talks, yeah. he talks about like how he can't love the way a human does. So maybe mm-hmm. he just feels, but he can't, he doesn't feel the exact thing. Yeah. But it's it's very, I think it's such a great conversation to have and um you know because even sarah connor because she obviously doesn't trust him yet um and she she says um she doesn't notice you don't sleep or that you weigh 400 pounds all our our relationship is not a physical one and i am very funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then yeah uh lynn hamilton has that great conversation in the woods where um, she's regretful that she never got to take pictures That's... of John because she didn't want any evidence of his image being out there. Mm-hmm. And now she's getting older and she can't remember what he looks like. I wish yeah. that scene was just a wee bit longer, get a little more time with her. But it's yeah. a great moment. No, but she it has is. great moments too. I mean, she even has a moment in the hotel room where she's like, I drink myself to sleep and then I go kill fucking Terminators. And you realize that it's a woman, when John's taken away, her purpose is gone. So the Terminator, by telling her to kill Terminators... Is giving her a purpose. Yeah, uh, it's it's really fascinating. She's so good in the movie. If you want to keep your phone in a bag of potato chips, keep your phone in a bag of potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's yeah, it's. But other than that, like a lot of the beats are the same as Terminator Two. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I um, I didn't realize. You know, I just went to the album on the pre-show and they talk about the highway chase. I'm like, oh, those are in every Terminator movie. It, there is some very structured things in terminator that have to happen yeah. they ended at a factory again yep they got melted um one cool thing is too uh, like with the liquid metal terminator that i always like wondered why don't they just like spring out spikes like an urchin mm-hmm. freaking does that in the detention center yeah. to all those <laughs> army guys yeah. yep uh, like, there it is yeah because even the fight at the end in the like the hydro plant i thought was pretty cool i think like I, I think mckenzie davis is pretty badass in the movie um and I like the fact that not only is she human, but she has a relationship with Danny in the future. Like, that's one difference from T2 is that the T-800 didn't know. I mean, like, he kind of knew John, but they weren't, like, yeah. friends. But Kyle they Reese and John friends. Connor from the first one. From the first yeah, one, yeah. It's kind of the same thing. But here it's like she wants to protect Danny not only because it's her mission and, you know, it'll impact the future, but it's also because she knows her personally. And it's like, you know, that the mom aspect of like, you know, you're going to give birth to the savior. It's like, no, that wasn't the case here. But she still feels like a mother type figure mm-hmm. to the people who were part of her resistance. You know, the um, Grace says, like, you know, you basically raised me. And I think, too, it's a really interesting take on it that. 
they never talked about too is the humans turned on each other first. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the machines. It was the machines were part of it, but the humans really turned on each other. And you know, Danny says, "No, we got to learn to fight together and get rid of these fucking machines." It gave a more tangible, uh, a, a more tangible uh, apocalypse. Mm-hmm. That something that's more within our grasp, based off of um, the the goings on in the world. Like it's it's. I mean, like I'm sure maybe in the '80s, it, there that that future was more tangible. Nothing clean, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, what was up with the Rev Nine? being able to form complex parts because one of the things about the liquid metal terminator in the t- i don't think he's up- actually liquid i think he's nanobots but like liquid version of it i don't know I don't- see that's why i wish they like had a better character design for him that would illustrate that better because i was just sitting there going like the t2 just told us that a liquid metal terminator cannot form complex machines mm-hmm. and with like chemical parts so and here's this one doing it i assume it obviously it's a newer model but still yeah. it's like you need to like so, make I it mean, seem did, more realistic to did me. Did he actually shoot guns that he formed? Yeah, uh, when I can't he went remember. to the auto factory when he shoots that's, the that's right, dad that's right, that's right. or the brother because he looks at it and then he replicates it. Yeah, yeah. So, but like, yeah. So it's, it's like the chemical part of like gunpowder mm-hmm. that I, doesn't make sense that he would be able to replicate. I don't know. So maybe there's a director's cut where we see the Rev Nine getting made. I don't know. Yeah. Man, this movie does not think highly of the U.S. Border Patrol, though. <laughs> no. Like, all those guys kept getting killed. I'm like, damn, they <laughs> really don't like the Border Patrol in this movie, do they? Yeah, some of the first one, it was cops in, uh, I guess, L.A. L.A.P.D. Yeah. L.A.P.D. Psychiatrists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Terminator just wait, terminating people. Yeah. It's amazing how much they pack into two hours. Like, it oh, feels yeah. longer oh, than it yeah, is. The- <laughs> This movie did have a bit of like, not lag, but like I was just like, oh man, this is there's a lot of shit going on right now. A lot of bombastic action at the end, like mm-hmm. in a little, you know, a Humvee falling out of the sky, getting submerged underwater, surviving like the pressure of hydrogen power flushing them out the right. river. I'm just like those, like Humvees are tough. I'm sure like the glasses would have caved in on Sarah and yeah, I don't know, Danny. I do feel like the third act could have been tighter. Because I do feel like there were parts that could have been trimmed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that whole sequence there at the end, it just kind of felt like it lagged. Also, the Rev-9 is trying to like stab them in the Humvee underwater. Like, Why doesn't he just become the Humvee? Because it's also metal. And just like become the metal urchin again. And just... No, no. I mean, he can even Terminator. face through matter, right? Yeah. Didn't they show him doing that in the factory? Like, He just like walked through like a piece of wood or something? Yeah. Something like that. But I think he can't if he has his well, he exoskeleton with him, though. Well, he walked through that uh, guard the uh, guardrail on the bridge. Yeah, but he didn't have the skeleton in him. Right. So, so if there, he'd have to be separate. I mean, he can separate at will, so I'm just like, yeah, separate your liquid part. Yeah, I guess they really didn't explain his capabilities or his limitations. Yeah, um, that's, that's what I'm complaining about. It's yeah. just like, yeah. Maybe they'll have a book. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. It's still fun. I don't go to read Terminator. <laughs> go to watch Terminator. Um, speaking of the thing earlier with Genesis and them spoiling um, how Kyle, not Kyle Reese, John Connor is like the bad guy. I think it would have been interesting if we hadn't known Arnold Schwarzenegger's Carl was going to be in the movie. Yeah, like that would have been yeah. a really nice reveal because it, it, he's kind of like the sell of the movie, though. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in a perfect world, I would have been fine. I with mean, just like, oh, you Linda, Hamilton, Linda Hamilton's back. Great. I mean, he would yeah. be back in the flashback scene at the beginning mm. where he's like the mm. i mean it's, you could you you don't even have to specify like oh he's gonna be this carl age terminator like you could just be like yeah he's like in the movie because we had to de-age him or something this franchise has been whipped around so much that you have to advertise it with everything you have they they've they've the franchise has blown so much goodwill <laughs> At this point, that like even though they're gonna get yeah. they get it right this time, I think maybe you could keep. I mean, he's not in it till what maybe an hour into yeah. the movie. He's yeah, literally at the like I got my check at the Alamo uh, around the time he showed up. So hmm. yeah, but yeah, like uh, way before they ever get to the cabin, I'm just like the person sending messages is him. <laughs> oh yeah, like when it's supposed to be a, a well, secret. Well, obviously, because yeah, he's been in all the marketing and they. Yeah. Spoiled it in the trailers. That but he's... thinking about it, if I hadn't seen the trailers, I would probably be wondering who right. is sending the messages. Oh, the guy who helps him with the EMP. Is that Miles Dyson's kid? I don't know. Oh. Because they seem like they had a history together. I'm just yeah. like, I didn't hear the guy's name, I don't think. But he's eager to help them. Yeah. Um, and he said he'd only do it for Sarah Connor. Exactly. So she has to have, maybe and he is. doesn't necessarily like her. He's like, yeah. you know, if it was anyone else, and I'd rather not be doing this with you right now. But yeah, I thought that whole sequence it's was kind of pointless. Since hmm? I mean, they they go all this way to get the EMP, and then it ends up getting shot. Yeah, so they it's never like a wasted sequence. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it gets them on the plane, gets them in the hum Humvee, but it's like, whatever. Yeah. They could have hmm. just trimmed that, done a kill box somewhere else. Did and you then you also get get, get uh, great joke about picking out drapes by Schwarzenegger. <laughs> God, that that was a great joke. <laughs> there are a couple of good. Oh, he yeah. had a couple of no, good he's, lines. Oh, uh, he was really good in the movie. He also, was really this is good. Texas. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's awesome in it. Yeah, that well, was a good time. I enjoyed it. Generally, get the joke with like not putting on the sunglasses. Like, if you want to trim some scenes out of the movie that would have been the one it just felt like so yeah. anticlimactic like you would do that to put the sunglasses on yeah. and remind people of t2 yeah but by not doing it it just felt like well it, maybe it just symbolizes like that's not who he is anymore because he was wearing the sunglasses yeah. in the sequence oh, where right. he shot john well that's yeah. the past yeah it's, it's interesting though like thinking about how how many times he's played the character and in what context and stuff like i mean t2 it's probably still like the all-timer for him in that respect but if i'm thinking of like an emotional stake for arnold like this might be his best outing as the terminator from an acting perspective you know you know i see about that too but i actually think he, his best terminator is terminator one because i think because he's evil because yeah. he's <laughs> no because he's so mean and then he's so driven right and you know in T two, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger, the superstar now, right? And that's fine. And I mean, T two is one of the greatest action movies ever. But the, um, the only reason that I say this one is just because he's straddling, as we talked about, mm -hmm. that emotion situation yeah. where it's not emotion; it's um, it's 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 a robot's comprehension of emotion, yeah, it's, being amplified in a different way. And that final moment is pretty wonderful. Yeah, where I, he I cried. melts with him, like mm -hmm. it. It's and he says for John. I'm not mm -hmm. gonna lie; it's not too dissimilar to the cry I have, where he gives a thumbs up. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I had a I had a cry or two in this movie. Like, it was, it worked for me. Like, 
Uh, yeah, so I, I wish it wasn't getting negative press because it. it oh, I think it, the press is fine. I think it's just nobody went. <laughs> well, no, it's negative press now because they're saying no, it's going to lose all this money. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, they love to throw a bomb and yeah around a flop and, and flop. Maybe the thought that you know all this like like word of mouth, like positive word of mouth, will be good for yeah, it. Hopefully, you have legs. You I think. Know. Uh, when I checked Rotten Tomatoes, I think the score was like 65% from critics, but then it was like 85% yeah. from audiences. It's so gonna, people seemingly like the movie. It's the critics that have the problem. It's got a good head start. It's just got to make a. It's got to make a lot of its money before uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker because that's just going to cannibalize it. I'd say probably before Frozen. That's true. Yeah, that I mean, too. Well, I mean, how many people are going to be seeing? Frozen, who would be seeing this movie? Well, I mean, you, mm, so, 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 yeah, so Frozen's going to bring the family. So, if, I mean, I, I, I can't sure, wait to see. Yeah. So, you're going to, yeah, so you're going to take the parents, not people like us that see movies all the time. Right. They're going to say, well, I want to, I mean, if I we only saw a movie every once in a while and my wife and kid are like, let's see Frozen 2. I said, but I want to see Terminator. I'm seeing Frozen 2. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, right. I think uh, the next week is just, uh, I think Last Christmas is the big one. Um, yeah, next, that sounds right. Well, next week's also I think there's Doctor a couple Sleep. of others. Oh, and yeah. Doctor Sleep. Yeah, Dr. so that'll pull some of the people. I don't know. It's like two hours and fifty minutes long. That's long. Two hours and fifty minutes. Yeah, for a horror film. Ooh. Oh, I thought you were talking about this movie. Oh, I Dr. was going to say though. No, this like, movie was, was two much... hours eight minutes. Yeah. No, Doctor Sleep though. That's pushing into it chapter two territory. Yeah, right I mean, there. I, I really like the director though, Mike Flanagan. Oh, oh, okay. Gerald's game's great. Oh yeah, oh. and so is House on Haunted Hill. You should mm-hmm. see it. That's the one I still need to watch. I mean, uh. Yeah, that's what it's called. The Haunting of Hill House, I mean. Haunting of Hill House, yeah. I've worked with House of Haunted Hill is with Vincent Price. That's right. <laughs> so the Dark Fate IMD page, the IMDb page, there's a lot of like pictures of actors mix, missing, so I'm not entirely sure, but I think the guy I was talking about, is he's listed as Major Dean. Hmm. I don't think that was the kid's name. Well, no, because it'd be Miles Dyson, unless he changed his name. Or I mean, unless Dean is his first name. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's like Dean Dyson. Mm-hmm. But... What, what's his name? Mean, I guess I could look at T.J. Because yeah. it would be Dyson's kid. Is the... <clears throat> I know that Schwarzenegger said that in one of the lines that she's like, I know a guy. And he's like, oh, yes, you mean your first officer so-and-so. And I'm like, what? Is it okay, whatever. Mm. Anyways, uh, next week, our film of the week is going to be Jojo Rabbit. Mm. <clears throat> mm, yeah. Very nice. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Corinne, thanks for coming on again. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Zach, welcome back. Thank you. Sorry I'm so tired, guys. Yep, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you, too. Brad, good seeing you, as always. <laughs> yeah, good seeing you, too. Make sure you go see... Jean-Claude Van Damme's Dan Van. Yep. Yep. Woo. Fifth year anniversary. And T2 is Danny Dyson. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, well, I wrote a better movie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme's Dan Van, though. Go see that. I won't be there because I'll be trying to. I'll stay Dude, home trying to fuck? take a shit. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's the only way. I mean, sorry, guys. You can take like, a shit at the bug. Yeah, they have bathrooms. Look, I love. I, I love that movie, and I love you guys. But I, I, I need to learn how to shit, and I need to do that at home. You know, I'll try to be there because <laughs> I you. actually care, unlike some people. Thank you. I will attempt to be there too. It depends on if I get a fucking call. Who are you My, gonna call? Uh, my wife buffers. told me the other day, she said, it's really hard to make plans with you. I said, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. It's hard to be a hero. And it is. So every once in a while. Or, you know, people arguing because you're stuck on scene because they're arguing over if this fence is on their property or not. Mm. You just go. 
humanity's not gonna make it. No. People are playing. Bye. 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 Go see Terminator. I can put the music in. You don't have to do it. <laughs> Too late, Brad. We already did it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.